When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, welcome to episode number 33 of Bleeding Blue. And many things have happened between the last two weeks for the New York Yankees, including signing Adam Adovino, trading away Sonny Gray to the Cincinnati Reds, and Mariano Rivera and Mike Mussina are being inducted into the Hall of Fame with Mo being the first unanimous player to be inducted. We will also be talking about in today's episode how baseball has a totally broken free agency system and how the sport is in a standoff with its own best players with around three weeks until spring training officially begins. So without further ado, let's bleed blue. that was a really good intro that was that was that was nice i thank you for the for the standoff by the way you like that yeah that was uh by the for by the way that was renato's idea to use the to use the the standoff language i was like how how can i properly describe this and, and renato was like uh, major league baseball is in a standoff with its own best players just so came up just like, like that just like that just, just oh you're 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 a visionary you're a visionary um renato how, how are you doing today well, I just finished a nice little eight hours of work, so I'm a little, a little tired. But when I get through this, because I love the Yankees, I'll talk about them. Yeah, so you you grinded out, you had work, but we're gonna get through this because Bleeding Blue has a new schedule. We are going to be recording on the weekends, you know, at least until any kind of news happens. Of course, if there is breaking news, we'll hop on, we'll have a bit of a reaction podcast. But for now, at least until you know, probably during spring training, and then. Football news is going to be slow. It's going to be the cold stove season for football. So we're going to record both episodes for the Yankees and the Giants over the weekend. So Giants episode has already been recorded, but that will be released out on Wednesday. And then the Yankee episode will be available for Monday. So we're going to be giving you two episodes per week, even though Renato, Justin, and Brett are all within work and school. We will still be given the content, but we're going to be grinding this out on the weekend. So uh, how does that sound? How does that sound? Amen. I, I love that. I love it. All right. So for a uh, quick little housekeeping items, follow me on Twitter at jpenix 74 Follow the podcast on Twitter at J. Oh, not at jpenix 74 at, <laughs> at bleeding double underscore blue. Remember the we, double underscore. Remember the double. Now one. Remember the double. Remember the double underscore. Yes. Please, if you are on an Apple device, please Rate us five stars on the Apple Podcast app and write a review if you want. 
that would really be appreciated. That would really help the podcast grow and really follow. I'm serious. Follow both accounts on Twitter because if you really like the podcast, sometimes during the week, if I do have time, I really want to start doing some uh, Periscope live streams for hop on there for about a half an hour, maybe 40 minutes. Uh, I went live on the Bleeding Blue Twitter account this past week and it went really well. So hop on the Periscopes, uh, come join, come have some fun. Maybe I'll even develop a bit of a schedule for that, but it's really just going to depend on if I have time. But I mean, that's all the that's all the housekeeping. Also, follow Renato at Twitter at R R. So it's two R's, but it's R Rodriguez, and that's Rodriguez with the U E S. So R Rodriguez S P P. Right, and also follow if you like our other podcast, New York Sports Star of the Day at NY Sports Star. That's right. That's right. I've promoted New York Sports Thought of the Day on here. And really, it's been a lot of fun talking about the Nets lately. So they've been on, they've been on a roll, uh, especially while, uh, you know, the NHL all, NHL's on their all-star break. So it's just been a pure basketball lately. So go check New York Sports Thought of the Day out. Okay. Renato, Mariano Rivera, Mike Mussina are going to be Hall of Famers. I'm so happy. And Mariano Rivera, first unanimous selection, first player to be unanim- unanimously selected to be the Hall of Fame. Did you think that he was going to get the unanimous bout? Honestly, no. I thought he was also not going to get it unanimously. I, I thought it'd be some jerk writer, maybe up in Boston or you know some maybe that guy in, in California or other that's like, yeah, hey, nah, I don't like Mariano. He's not going to get it. But to my surprise, hundred percent. Tell us like a, a your a, a favorite Mariano story, a favorite Mariano moment since since you're you're a little bit older than me, so uh, you you have a little bit more firsthand ex- experience with him. I mean, probably my first my 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 first game at Yankee Stadium was in 09, back when we won the World Series. It was part of the walk off weekend, and back, I think it was in May when we beat the Twins three straight games in a walk off, and. It was a tie game, and all of a sudden you hear into Sandman. And, like, you hear it on TV, but to hear live at the stadium, people standing, give him standing ovation as he came in was probably one of the most surreal scenes I've ever seen in my life. And just the, the amount of respect this guy had, like, it was just incredible. You knew. You listened to that music, game over, capiche, finished, done. Even a tie game, you're like, okay, well, Going to the bottom knife, we got this. No, no problem. I mean, especially in the postseason. Oh, postseason, forget it. We, the Yankees had any sort of lead in the postseason. You knew that game was over. You like six outs, seven outs, eight outs. It did not matter. That game was over because you knew Mariano was going to close it out every time. And one of the we we talked about this briefly on New York Sports Law of the Day, but. Where Mariano really he really set himself apart, and I really think that he really made his legacy. I mean, obviously he had really really great and stellar seasons. Ninety seven, uh, two thousand one is a season that sticks out when he had fifty saves, and then two thousand four, obviously when he had fifty three. But in ages thirty three to forty three, not counting two thousand twelve, where he only had five saves and eight innings pitched, by one of the freakiest injuries ever seen in baseball history. He was sna- he was shagging a fly ball uh, in Kansas City. Oh, this was during batting practice, right? Yep, during batting practice. Freaking tear was his ACL, I believe. He was out for the season. 
Yeah, I mean, he and he would do that for years because that that's how he would like keep himself active is that he would just shag fly balls during batting practice. Right, and everyone thought that was it for Mariano, but as we know, that was not it for Mariano. And then honestly, he could have, you know, again, we said on New York Sports Thought of the Day, and I feel like this is so like oversaid, but we're gonna say it anyway. He could have went on the pitch for you know five more years. You can also say the same thing about Pettit. You could say the same thing about Sabathia, but Mariano really truly could have. You know, he had 44 saves in his final in his final year with a 2.11 ERA in his final year in 2013. So really where he set himself apart is ages 33 to 43, where he was absolutely dynamite. Where Brett, you know, Brett and you got and you pointed out on New York Sports Thought of the Day that early in his career, he was, you know, he he got up to 96 and, and you know, mid-range high 90s, but towards the latter end of his career, he was down to 91-93 still throwing that cutter and still grinding and still dominating uh, batters. So did you see the quote that uh, Mariano uh, was on the phone with MLB Network? And he says that uh, that he wants to come and uh, and help the Yankees. And I don't know if it's spring training or if it's like a or if it's kind of like a, a, a like a Reggie Jackson kind of role where the guy where he's just going to be around. But he wants to come and he wants to work with these Yankee pitchers because huh. they're because they're like these guys are using too much of their arm. They're trying to put it all into each and every single pitch. Put it, give one hundred and ten percent, throw as hard as they can. Where they're like missing the art of pitching. It was a really good quote and a, re- and a really good conversation that he had on MLB Network. So, so Yankees Twitter, of course, uh, being uh, the reactionary people they are, <laughs> it's a uh, oh, oh fuck Larry Rothschild. Let's <laughs> <laughs> let's just hire Mo as the pitching coach. And I'm like, all right, let's let's take well, it easy. But he would he wouldn't be a bad pitching coach. That's not sure. Yeah, so that's uh, so that's something to look forward to. So uh, how about uh, how about Mike Musina? I think Mike Musina, um, really, the most under talked guy in this class, and, and and you could kind of say like kind of deservedly so because I guess Edgar Martinez, you could say the best the, the best, best DH of all time, uh, arguably he's, he's easily probably one of the best hitters I've seen in my lifetime. Yeah, Edgar and Martinez then, was great. And then you have, you know, Roy Holiday, who obviously did all the great things in his career. And then, you know, his, his tragic passing. So this is going to be a really good moment for, you know, his legacy and his family. But I feel like Mike Musina is really kind of going under the radar in terms of his impact in his career and his legacy that he left for both the Yankees and the Oreos. You know, he, that just like Rivera, he was a guy who did it right in an era where guys were kind of doing it wrong, where, you know, the steroid era and he had one of the best careers that you know you can you can have. He had a Hall of Fame career, obviously. So it was good to see that he finally got in. Any kind of any kind of uh, reactions or or stories with Mike Mussina? Oh, to, to, to piggyback about what you said, Justin, Mike Mussina was underrated his whole career. From, from the moment I saw him in New York, I mean, even before when he got to New York in Baltimore, that guy was a bona fide ace as you want. All right. This guy was clutch in the postseason, the regular season. When you needed a good start for Mussina, he'll give you one. That guy, had, he knew where to locate his stuff at all times. He, he had the fastball and he had the curveball. So when he wanted to give you that little, you know, little 96, 97, he'll give it to you. But that knuckle curve, man, forget it. Game over. Mike Mussina is one of my favorite pitchers growing up for that reason. He he knew, that, like you said about Mariano, the art pitching, right? About Pitches these days need to know about right. the art of pitching. Mike Messina was literally the art of pitching. He pitched in the toughest division in baseball at the time, the AL East. Okay, 
when it was an offense, 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 right? Just like it is now. Yep. And he, he just mowed down hairs like no tomorrow. He was not for anybody. He he took down Poppy. He took down Manny. He he took down guys like like Jeter when he was Baltimore. Yeah, you said uh, you said on New York Sports Thought, and you've just kind of said this in general that the AL East during those times was one of the most difficult divisions to pitch in in Major League Baseball. It was that that the AL East was so tough of a dynamic. All these guys, like big contracts, you know, want to hit home runs, and he he's just like nah, f this. I'm pitching the best I can every night. And one of the the best moments from when Mussina was on the Yankees, Justin. Was he was they're up they're in Detroit, right? They're up six one. He just gave up I think he just it was he gave up that run to make it six one. It's two outs. Joe Torrey's about to take him out. And Mussini was like, No, you're not taking me out. He Stay in there. I'm coming out of the bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, All right, all right, all right. I'll take you out. Relax. Yeah, he yelled he yelled into the uh he yelled into the dugout, stay in there. And then Joe Torrey's like, Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but uh, he, was, he was a fiery guy, man. Competitive as you could be. But in the locker room, though, that guy, as you saw from the press conference, if you guys watched it, he's the ultimate jokester. The ultimate jokester. He's going in with the neutral, neutral hat. And I'm, I mean, he has a, a great career with both the Orioles and the Yankees, so I, I am not surprised he did that. He respects both organizations, so good for him. Yeah, Roy Holiday is going in with the with the neutral hat too. So, like Mike Mussina, I love Mussina. He did what you wanted as a pitcher, plain and simple. To give you a to give you kind of like a reference as to, you know, I guess I guess you can either argue how old you are or just you know kind of how young I am. Uh, I, I don't think a lot of people like know my age who listen to this because um, that's not really something it's not something that you can see on Twitter. But my first memory as a Yankee fan is watching Mike Mussina pitch in his final year and then being so upset and confused as to why he retired because he had such a great season. And I was so upset. I was like to my grandfather, why did he retire? He's so good. He retires. Of winning 20 games, which I know nowadays people like who cares about a win, but back back in like 10 years ago, the wins actually meant a lot to starting pitcher. So to get 20 wins with a three-year array was like spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. So to give you kind of that reference as to just how uh I'm still a baby. I'm still a baby, Renato. Listen, as as we'll grow up, we'll, we'll talk about like all these nice pitches. We'll look back on this like, oh my god, wow. All right. Um, second piece of news. Sonny Gray has been traded to the Cincinnati Reds. And initially, this was for an infielder. His name is Shed Long. Um, now, this, this may be old news, but some of this, you know, some of the stuff, if, just in case you don't know, and just in case Bleeding Blue is your only source, we're going to give it to you. This was initially going to be Shed Long, who was going to be the prospect that the Yankees got. And this is this is significant. What's going to happen next? Because if the deal was initially Sonny Gray for Shed Long, and then that was it, Shed Long would have had to be added to the forty-man roster. Now the Yankees' forty-man roster is a very crowded place to be right now, so they would have had to keep him there, and he would have been whether he would be up in the majors as a part of the twenty-five-man roster, or they would have had him in AAA, and he would he would be ready to rock and roll. Um, Shed Long, from what I heard, is a 
ready to rock and roll in the majors type of guy. So whether the Yankees really had space for him or whether they really had space for him in the 40-man roster, I don't know. But I honestly think that the what actually happened less than 24 hours later, which is the official trade, I think that's a lot better. So the Yankees in a three-team trade, the Mariners received infielder Shed Long instead of the Yankees. Um, Cincinnati receives Sonny Gray and then another left-handed pitcher who's I don't even know. You, have you ever heard of Reaver San Martin? You're pretty good with prospects. I probably have said his name wrong. He's not. Um, a have you ever heard of him? He's not a prospect, so no. All right, so he's great. just some grub guy. So no, nothing. All right, great. And then the Yankees receive the 36 pick in 2019, which That's is big. That's big. That's huge. Yeah. And outfielder Josh Stowers, who you know, I, I hear that you know he's he's raw, and even though he is 21. Uh, his estimated time of arrival in, in the major leagues is still a, is still a long way away, but it's good because the Yankees don't need to add somebody to the 40-man roster. Sonny Gray is off of the 40-man roster. The Yankees are saving that seven and a quarter million dollars, so that comes off their payroll. And it's actually crazy, you know, the Reds had 24 hours after this initial trade went down to figure out whether they can find and extend Sonny Gray. So Sonny Gray's getting three years, $30 million with contract incentives, which is kind of crazy. Good for Sonny Gray, but it's kind of crazy that Sonny Gray gets three years, $30 million, um, even with the the kind of resume that he has, you know, which obviously if you look at his road numbers, uh, the road numbers are better than, you know, at Yankee Stadium. But, you know, Sonny Gray... In a in a day that's uh, that seems like it was so far away, Sonny Gray did finish third in the Cy Young voting. So good for Sonny. Good luck in good luck in Cincinnati. I got an argument about Sonny Gray though. All right, go ahead. And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but Cincinnati thinks he's going to be a good number two starter for them, or maybe number three starter. Yeah, and we've been saying this on this podcast ever since the beginning of the off season. I just I I don't see what Cincinnati's saying though. I do, and I was you I was in the boat. Think the three starter potential and on certain teams, yes. And I was certainly in the boat of being somebody on Yankees Twitter saying, "Sonny Gray, it makes total sense for Sonny Gray to be the number six starter on this baseball team, where he would only start road games. He would not start." Yeah, in but would he want that though? What was that? Would he want to be a six starter? It doesn't matter what he wants. <laughs> it matters what he wants, Justin. If he's gonna, it, he got put to the bullpen last year. Yeah, you'd rather be in the bullpen than being the sixth starter. That's for sure. Well, well, if he's the sixth starter, he's also in the bullpen and he's coming in in long relief opportunities. True. And I think that 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 would have made perfect sense. And he only pitches on the road, or if he has to pitch at home, it's a five nothing game in the eighth inning, and he comes in to pitch the last two innings. That's the only time he would come in. Fair. You know, I didn't like how, and I, I didn't like, and the rest of Yankee fans didn't like that when Jordan Montgomery went down and Sonny Gray was going to shit, everybody didn't like how we were seeing guys like Domingo Herman, Jonathan Lewisaga, Chance Adams. It's like, you know, oh, we have nobody reliable to rely on the sixth starter. What was that? Oh, and oh, of course. How can I forget? How can I forget about Sessa? Luis Sessa, man. So Yankees Twitter doesn't want to see, especially Louis Sessa, come in as a starter anymore. John Boy has been a proponent for, hey, let's throw Louis Sessa in the bullpen and see what he's got. He's got a pretty, you know, he's got a pretty electric fastball. Let's see what he got when he could just pitch for one inning and then that's it, one or two innings and then that's it. But the fact that 
We traded away Sonny Gray. Okay, Yankee fans. So now for our number six starter, and it's not an if, and it's not a when, it's an if one of our starters does get hurt, at least until Jordan Montgomery is healthy, we will be seeing Domingo Herman, Chance Adams, Jonathan Loisga, Louis Sessa making spot starts. So you got what you want. Sonny Gray's gone. You save $7.5 million. Unless they get another starter. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think the moves are done. I think the moves are done. Now, I prefaced this in the beginning. I'm not frustrated with the Yankee offseason. The Yankees have gotten much better as a baseball team. They've gotten a lot more depth on their team. Obviously, the starting pitching, one through five, is pretty good. But I think the starting pitching depth in terms of just number six and your number seven starters, it's the same thing as last year, and that's not good. So I, 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 don't, I don't think that's being talked about enough. It's like, okay, we traded Sonny Gray away. But you're going to obviously still be upset that these minor league guys are coming out and they're going to be – that's our starting pitching depth. Do you understand Do you understand why that's no, a problem? No, I understand you, but I, I think the the hope that I have this year more so is that we have more bullpen depth than we did last year. So I'm hoping that even if we bring these guys in, that may, may, even the Yankees maybe sign along with either like an Adam Warren, you know. They maybe get Luis Sessa like three or four innings, put him warm for like two innings, and then go into knockout back in the bullpen. I mean, why why not have that with Sonny Gray? You know, Cash isn't going to backtrack from what he said. Yeah, I mean, why not? It's Cash for the crown. On. He'd look stupid if he did that. Those are just words, though. Why not? <laughs> it's just it's the media. People in New York eat words so breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Just you know this of all people. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have mind though. I wouldn't have minded. I, but I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if the Yankees go out and they try to go after Harper, that everybody would be fine with with Cashman's quotes on um, the you know we're not pursuing him and all that kind of stuff. They wouldn't mind that backtracking, of course. But yeah, this is the, this is the Yankee Nation. You should, you know this. Yeah, so you, you you pick you pick and choose what you're happy and you're upset about. <laughs> Welcome to New York, Justin. Welcome to New York. Yeah, yeah. So that's so that's Sonny Gray. The Yankees are in a bit of a little predicament here with their number six starter. Um, CC Sabathia has gone on R two C two, and he said that Jonathan Lawizaga is going to be a stud. So, you know, if he right. kind of, uh, I agree with him. Yeah, so. and before yeah. before he was before he got hurt last year, he showed some promise. Um, it was inconsistent promise. But he's raw. we, he's, raw guy. he's a raw guy, but you know, I don't exactly feel like this year should be a let's, let's develop raw talent kind of year. This is very much a let's go and get it year because 2019 has been the calendar year that has been circled for years. So You're hopefully, right. you right. know, it'll be a, hopefully we'll see some development over spring training and we'll see some consistency out of any of these guys and somebody can win the number six starting job and then also serve that position in the bullpen that you were talking about, you know, being that long relief, being that long reliever, Adam Warren type of player in the bullpen. And then if you need to be a number six starter, you just come in and you fill that role automatically. So anything else on starting pitching slash Sonny Gray? Bye. Bye. Sonny Gray. It is great until we see you, you again. That was great. Been a long day without you, my friend. No, it, the, no. I, I think I think you're meaning to uh, have Sunny Gray as a happy or happy goodbye, not a sad goodbye, because that's that song. Like 
when I see you again. That's a, that's a that's a sad goodbye. You want a happy goodbye to Sonny Gray. All right, I got one for you. All right, what's a happy song that's a goodbye song? Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> oh, nah, nah, nah. Okay. Nah, nah, nah. Hey, goodbye, Sonny Gray. All right, that was good. You, you deserve a round of applause for that. So uh, you say yes, I say no. You say stop, and I say go, go, go. You say goodbye, Sonny Gray, and we say hello to Adam Adovino. More, more, more clapping, more round of applause. Yes, the Yankees sign out Adam Adovino to what a three-year deal, twenty-seven million dollars. Is it something like that, or am I getting that totally wrong? No, no, you're you're, you're spot on. Wow, look at me. Didn't he, didn't even have the computer up for that. Renato on our last Yankee on our last Yankee episode where we signed DJ LeMahieu, Renato said at the end of that episode that the Yankees will be making one more offseason move, and after they make this move, they will be done. He said, I wonder what that was. I wonder what that was. Hmm. You said that they're going to sign Adam Adovino, and then we will be ready, and then we will be ready to watch the 2019 Yankees. So, Renato, tell us how thrilled you are. Oh, the fact that we got Adovino, like this team is stacked and has that for the first time in a long time. I'm going to say this team has a lot of talent since the 2012 season. I know that that team busted, but there was a lot of talent going into that season. So I'm I'm hoping the results don't be the same, but I think this team has a lot of talent this year, my friend. And it's it's gonna be like Boston's like from last year, which they had the depth and the talent to win it all. So hopefully this Yankee team can win it all this year. All right. So is this Yankee bullpen this year, on paper at least, mm-hmm. the greatest bullpen of all time? That's my question to you. From what I've seen, one hundred twenty-five percent yes. If this team, if this bullpen stays healthy with the guys they have, you're talking about like five innings worth of Marianos. <laughs> I mean, there was there was another argument, and I, I forget. I'm so sorry. I forget who, who this was on Twitter, but I asked this question on Twitter after they signed Adam Onovino, mm-hmm. and this one person said that the bullpen of Jeff Nelson, Mariano Rivera, Mike Stanton, and Lloyd – that was a good bullpen. That was a good bullpen. What was the 98? 97-98, yeah. yeah. Those are the those are the two years, and I may be forgetting another guy from those years. But yeah, those that, were that, that, that bullpen was good too. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here's the thing to keep in mind this bullpen. We got Zach Britton, right? Coming off an air year. Adam Alvino come off a career year. We got Chapman, who we don't know what Chapman we're gonna get. Hopefully oh. we get the the the, the la- latter part of the season Chapman, but we don't know. What's gonna happen there? So there are still some question marks, but if this bullpen's able to answer those question marks and and be who they are, that's gonna top the, that 90, 98 bullpen. It is. What questions are surrounding this bullpen right now? I just told you. Besides, I mean, you. I think you have you have multiple times underestimated, and I feel like sometimes Yankee fans have too. You have really underestimated the season that Araldis Chapman had this past year. No, no, no. Like I said, like I said, he he pitched her and he pitched tremendously. All right, if he could stay healthy, it's over. It's over. Like Chap- Chapman's season last year, he didn't lose a single game. He went two. He had a two point four five ERA. He had fifty one innings pitched, and in twenty seventeen, he had fifty innings pitched. Um, and that's about 
He had 57, 58 innings pitched. Uh, he had 58 innings pitched in 28, 2016. So, uh, you know, he's that's even though he was hurt for a long period of time, imagine if he wasn't hurt the amount of innings he would have pitched. He would have probably got up to like around 70 innings pitched. He allowed two home runs where he allowed three home runs in 2017. He had a 1.0 whip, which is fantastic. This year, this year he had a 1.0 whip hmm. and he Four had 16 strikeouts per nine, which he has not had uh, over 16 or around 16 since he had Wednesdays. 17 since he had 17 in 2014 that was when he's in cincinnati that was when he was in cincinnati in 2014 so yeah, chapman yep. had a, it was a good year fantastic right. fantastic utter dominant year utter it was dominant. like i told you if he wasn't her he'd be much better i'm expecting chapman with what i've seen I, i'm expecting chapman to go lights out this season i really am to lead that back in the bullpen yeah but the thing is, is that if he does need the time to heal exactly. or mm-hmm. do whatever, mm-hmm. the Yankees have the contingency plan to kind of replace him. And th- th- this is why I think the Yankees don't want to allow more games this year because they got five, six, maybe even seven guys that could close out games for you in that ballpark. Even even guys like Chad Green and Jonathan Holder, they could they could close out games for you. They are that good. Yeah, so, I don't know about I don't know about Holder, but Chad well, I, I Chad, can trust Holder in that situation. Absolutely. Chad Green could be a closer on you could think that maybe at least maybe a third of major league baseball teams. Right. So it, I mean it, the Mets right now, that's for sure. Yeah, well, no. You you, you think he no, you just say that he can close for the Mets. No, I said I said set up for the Mets. Oh, set up for the Mets. Oh, okay. He's better than familiar. Hmm. Well, yeah, he's a little. He's a he has a little bit more uh, consistently consistency than Familia. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit more control on his uh, on his pitches there. Right. I love this bullpen. I I love this bullpen. And like I said, we need that one move, right, Justin? You said that that was going to be. This is going to be the the go time move. So I'm ready. Let's do this. Three yeah. weeks. Three weeks till we really get rocking and rolling. Kind of. I'm. I'm very. Like I said, you know, last year I told you. I was a little concerned about the starting pitching, right? I told you this. I didn't think we had the depth. I think this year, our starting pitcher is slightly better than last year. Right? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Okay. But I'm also increasing our rotation just because of the fact that our bullpen is going to be there to stop any any sort of bleeding our rotation is going to have this year. But, I mean, here's obviously here's kind of the question. What's the question? Can Aaron Boone... Manage these, manage who's the right guy to put into a situation because sometimes when you have so many mounts to feed and somebody comes in and he allows a run in a certain situation, then there's going to be questions that are going to be turned around and said, oh, how come you didn't put this guy in? How come you didn't put that guy in? Is Aaron Boone going to be able to handle and feed all these mounts and feed all these hungry guys who want to go out there and pitch and that can pitch on so many major league ball clubs in the eight, seven, eighth, ninth inning. How is he going to be able to manage this? I think this is an easy solution, personally. How many times in the beginning of the season last year do we see guys like <clears throat> AJ Cole and Chase <clears throat> Shreve come into these closed games? How many times? That's something that we are going to continue to see, though, in my opinion. But who is the AJ Cole and can change the shoes in this bullpen? Tell me who, who. I mean, that guy may develop because you know we have guys like Tarpley, 
We have a uh, uh, Ben Hale. Tarpley, Hale's not going to make this team. I don't think he's going to make this team. The only way he makes this team is if he's going to be a long wheel either. That's it. And Eden Hale's a long wheel is not a bad option. And Tarpley's going to be your main left guy. You know? Yeah. I, I And that could be also one of the reasons why they signed Adovino, just so they can get more expendable where hey. – they they would make moves and Aaron Boone would come out after baseball games and he would say, "Oh, if this was a two run ball game, we would have put in Chad Green, but instead it was a three run ball game, so we put in Chase and Shreve." And it's like you know you're basically waving the white flag by putting in Chase and Shreve slash AJ Cole, even if it's the seventh inning. Where with this offense, you're basically waving the white flag. So hopefully, this move to add even more depth to what arguably was a top five bullpen of all time last year. It's crazy. It's crazy how much depth this bullpen has. But yet again, we could still run into these problems that we had last year just because the Yankees don't want to overextend their guys during the regular season. And they'll be continuing to do these and make these decisions of when they want to try and win baseball games, even though they're down by like three runs with two innings to go. Or two runs with two, not maybe not two runs, but three. I think three runs is like their cutoff. Where if they're down by three runs with three or less innings to go, that they're just gonna let the game go and oh, we'll try to get them tomorrow, which is weird. It's so weird. May, do you think they'll kind of change that? We we, we called it lackadaisical, laissez faire. Do you think this kind of approach is going to change? Because I frankly do not think it's going to change next year, even though we have all this depth. I think it's going to change. Oh, you're. You're you're uh, you're you're optimistic, my friend. I is- I just I'm I'm ho- I'm hoping that the front office is like okay, we have a lot of pieces in the bullpen now. Boone, do not f this up, please. <laughs> use use the guys you have. Don't use your AAA major league scrubs and the seventh inning of the one one deficit to try bail you out. But it's 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 analytics. And Aaron Boone, during his introductory press conference, said that he is not going to try and use all of his resources to win every base. Excuse me, to win every baseball game. And that's one of the reasons why he was hired. I'm positive of it because it's an analytics, different thinking, different way of thinking. And you can get excited as much as you want about the guys on this, uh, the guys that we have on paper. But if they're going to manage this team. And if they're going to have certain approaches that they have with certain baseball games, then the same results at certain points are going to happen. Do I agree with this? With what you just said? Yes. Do I think that Aaron Boone will, will do what he did last year at times? Yes. But I think we're going to see less of those games next year. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yes. I'm, I'm, like I said, I hope that He'll learn to trust his offense more, you know, because as we saw last year, the offense was great. They were always right there within games, like ninety percent of the time. Yeah, they hit the they hit the most home runs any baseball team has ever hit. And you got Stan coming back. You you, you got DJ LeMay, who I think will be very underrated in New York this year. I think yeah. I really like him. Yeah, isn't that isn't that crazy that Gary Sanchez was nowhere near Gary Sanchez? Right. Didi Gregorius had a month which he just basically took off. He the month of May was terrible. Aaron Judge was gone for 
what, 40 games, 50 games? Yeah, at the end of the season, too. Yeah, towards the end of the season, we didn't have a first baseman until July, basically. July? That's when Luke Voigt came around. That's right, yeah. Basically didn't have a contributing first baseman until July. Brett Garner didn't put up the same power numbers that he did the year before. He didn't get anywhere near 21 home runs. This team still broke the home and, run record. And, and keep in mind, Jesse, you know who's coming back this year for the Yankees, right? Who's coming back? Clint Frazier. Well, let's clarify that Clint Frazier has officially never been here. He's not somebody. Somebody. True. Fine, 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 fine. We, we, we'll, we'll go there. Fine. Can we also can we also acknowledge that he needs to chill the fuck out? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he 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 I can imagine that the Yankees probably want to trade him so bad. <laughs> so bad. He is confronting people on social media. He is he has this I'm going to prove you wrong mentality when he hasn't even like done anything. He hasn't even done anything. <laughs> the way he is, his personality. I, I, I don't mind it, to be honest with you. His personality sucks. He's, he, 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 he wants to play the game. But he, he is talking like he's played the game for years. and He has played the game for years, not amazingly. Well, I'm, talk, I'm talking about like he's talking about he, like he's been on this starting on this baseball team for years. He, he needs to shut his mouth like it's just so immature it's so on yankee like and it's very fr- it's not it's it's not like i'm not like totally frustrated with him but i can just imagine how the yankees like they must really want to trade him they must really want to trade him all right we're gonna i want to get to this uh main conversation now that we're 40 minutes in uh, i really want to get to this conversation about how major league baseball has a Broken free agency system crisis. Renato said it perfectly that the sport right now, it's in a standoff with its best players. And this is around three weeks with three weeks until spring training and the baseball and the quote unquote baseball season actually begins. Two of its biggest players in the sport are not signed to teams and Sean Doolittle actually tweeted this out a little while ago. What's your biggest baseball pet peeve? And he said, when it's three weeks from spring training and there are still 100 unsigned free agents, including some of the biggest names in our sport. 100? Yes. Oh, my God. That's imagine. Insane. Yeah, imagine. That's worse than last year. Uh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, J- you know, J.D. Martinez was kind of like the big name that kept uh, lingering around. But, you know, this year it's obviously Parker Machado. But anyway, imagine in other sports if this happened. Like, remember a few years ago, Renato, you're a Jets fan. Remember a few years ago when Ryan Fitzpatrick wasn't signed? Not even, he wasn't signed until the start of training camp. But people and Jets fans were freaking out that Bryce, uh, that Bryce over, that Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't even sign before the April. April spring workouts. Do you remember I, that? Oh, I remember that. People were going ballistic over And that's fucking Harvard Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Who the fuck cares? <laughs> Who cares? But NFL fans and Jets fans were going insane. You need a quarterback. Guy, 
that this guy was, oh my God, it's April. What are we doing? The Jets haven't signed a quarterback and they were going insane. But yet that's Ryan Fitzpatrick and that's football and sports like basketball and football do such a great job because their sport never stops. Even when there's no games being played, people in basketball, basketball fucking sucks during the regular season. It sucks. What do people look forward to? They look forward to the offseason. People in football, what do fans look forward to? The only thing that Cleveland Browns fans have to look forward to, the fucking NFL draft. Not anymore, but the NFL draft, that's the only thing that they would have to look forward to. The sport would never stop. Even though there's no games being played, even though there's no butts being put in the seats, the game would never stop. In baseball, obviously, yes. It's been kind of fun to talk about Manny Machado and Bryce Harper for all this offseason. It's been fun, but we're at a point now. Like, give me a fucking break. We're at a point now where you cannot have any reaction to any kind of report that comes out. You can't have any reaction because everything is bullshit. Everything is utter and absolute bullshit that anything that John Heyman tweets because at this point. Mystery teams, mystery teams. Because at, at this point, until anything is official, you can't react to it. And guess what? Fans are sick and tired of the offseason. They don't want anything to do with it. The offseason should be something that should be marketable. You should be able to have, like, it's so weird that the Yankees haven't had any sort of press conference trying to market their players and try to get some sort of traction and attention. You don't think it would have been cool to have James Paxton, DJ LeMahieu, Jay Happ, you know, with their jerseys up, and especially Adam Adovino, especially now that it's announced that Adam Adovino is going to wear number zero. You don't think that's going to be pretty cool to see these guys come up with some, you know, even though they're not big free agents, I think it would be pretty cool to see Adam Adovino with his, uh, the first Yankee to ever wear number zero. I think that'd be pretty cool. And they, what, they, may, they, they might still do it, but. Yeah, yeah, but, but still, you know, the sport has such an issue and a problem that you know we'll, we'll get to the player's side of it for a second but as a fan this is boring <laughs> you know this is boring you literally can't go on twitter and talk about this because you're repeating a cycle over and over again that nobody knows what's going on nobody knows what to do and at this point with 3 weeks left i want to start talking about what the yankees lineup is going to look like what the yankee infield is going to look like and you literally can't even do anything until these guys sign. You can't do any of that because you're going to be wasting your time. Right. right. So instead, so instead, the sport has to come to a exhaustingly and to a frustrating halt. Literally, everything is paused compared to football, compared to basketball. These sports are constantly in motion. You can constantly have a conversation about it compared to baseball, where literally since the fucking second that the Red Sox won the World Series, to now, the conversation has been the same. And then every once in a while, it's been, oh, this guy signed. Oh, that guy signed. Now, look at now. This this fucking boggled my mind. I heard this today. Russell Martin is getting $20 million at the age of 37. $20 million. You want to know how much Yasmani Grandal just signed with the Brewers for? Was it like $8 million or other? 18, no, 18 and a quarter million. 18 and a quarter million. One year. But, but, but yeah, we... 
No one can say Marchand and Harper. That's that's nice. No, no, no. That's not that's not necessarily the point. Why is Russell Martin getting twenty million dollars and he had to decline? Yasmani Grandal had to decline a four-year contract from the Mets, fifteen million dollars a year. So that's twenty. That's you know four-year, sixty million dollar contract. He declined that because he wanted to, as he should. He wanted to take more money this year with the potential to possibly earn more as the years come, as he should. He's a switch-hitting right. catcher who's been doing it for a couple years, and he's a great hitter, and he's a pretty good defender. Mm-hmm. Why shouldn't he want more money? Why is he oh, earning less? Too, so. why, is, and he, why is he earning less than Russell Martin, who is a scrub? Russell Martin earned $8.5 million in 2014. That was a salary in 2014. Why are these baseball players... Not getting paid like we've like we've even seen this with the Yankees. Oh, the Yankees got Zach Britton on a pretty good cheap deal. Oh, the Yankees got Adam Adovino on a pretty good cheap deal. Like it's absolutely insane, absolutely insane. The game of baseball earned more than it has ever earned before this past year. Let me get the exact number of the revenue: ten point three billion dollars for twenty eighteen. Yet wow. they are spending less money. Less and less money than ever before on players. The rate, in terms of rates. You know what this means, Justin? What does it mean? I, I smell a strike coming soon. I smell I smell a holdout. It's not going to end pretty, ladies and gentlemen. This won't end pretty. This is the second offseason row this has happened. It's more notable now because of Machado and Harper. But last year, this happened too, Justin, remember? Yeah. I mean, the Yankees... Could have fucking signed J.D. Martinez. Could have. Could have. Why not? He was there, he was there all the way till, till February. <laughs> he could have been taken. <laughs> Think about that. The MVP of the league <laughs> was taken in February. Yeah. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. It's ruining. It's not ruining the game of baseball, but it's ruining its factor of entertainment and to be able to captivate people to be able to get new people into the sport. And again, right. you want to talk right. about marketability and to be able to market your players. This is this is embarrassing. That's what this is. This is absolutely embarrassing that you continue to bring in money, that you continue to, you know, the World Series ratings, at least not this year. They were down this year. But at least in 2017, captivated a large number of people, got a large number of people to watch, even though, it was the Dodgers who, you know, L.A. is a big market, but it was Houston. You know, they got a ton of people to watch. And I feel like since the Yankees are back, the Yankees, the Red Sox, they're competing. More, I feel like some more people are watching, at least, you know, at, le- at least in New York. Yes, ratings are doing fantastic. This is absolutely embarrassing what Major League Baseball is allow. I mean, obviously, I don't think the sports, the sports allowing it, but, you know, that this is the teams and the owners that are just choosing not to, that are just, you know, waiting for somebody to blink. That's what's basically happening. But this is just embarrassing, you know, that the fact that we've had we've had episodes for Bleeding Blue and the Yankees and it's just been circling round and round and just fucking waiting and waiting for the two big moves to happen. Sport has a problem, man. Sport has a problem. And Im- imagine when Trout becomes free, you know what's going to happen? Yeah, I mean, if, if Trout uh, if Trout doesn't sign somewhere in the range of 30 to 40 million dollars a year for at least 7 years at this point 
If that doesn't happen, $30, $40 million for at least seven years, $30 million, 30 to $40 million per year for at least seven years, you bet your ass you'll see a strike. Here's my question, though. These are the best players in the game. We're not talking some scrub off the street here. We're talking about guys that everybody knows in baseball. You can market them. How are you and, not paying them? And then also the guys that they're have already you, signed. They're giving you your checks for crying out loud. They're paying also, your salaries. Yeah, and then also for the, for the guys that have already signed, there's been barely anybody who's signed to like over a three-year deal. Right. You know, the players deserve security. They do. They don't want to be. They want to keep moving around every, every two, three years. They got families. They got lives, you know. And also, how stupid is that? Again, you want to talk about marketing your players. How stupid is that to have Yasmani Grandal, one of the one of the best young catchers in the game, power hitting catcher? How stupid is that to have it? What? So he's around for one more year. Let's just say he has a really good year. The Brewers aren't going to be able to afford him. So what? He's going to go from team to team to team, and he's going to get signed for one year and just chase the money, as these guys should. They should chase the money because obviously, right? Obviously, that that just ridiculous. So they yeah, is they deserve so, like looking at it from the player standpoint, I totally understand where they're coming from. You want to keep moving every year, you know? It's that'd be like if you were offered a job every year, right? From from your parent company to go to all these locations. And and these aren't scrubs yeah. we're talking about. No, these are like legit players. Yeah, yeah, but also just just also like from a fan perspective, you know, we're fucking sitting here. Uh, we're, we're waiting, and obviously a lot of things have happened for the Yankees. Yes, the Yankees are a much, much better baseball team. They have made moves. They have spent money, but, I mean, this is just ridiculous. We're waiting for the ball to drop for the two biggest players, and the reason why we were all – the reason why Major League Baseball was so excited for this offseason and we're still waiting for that one thing – or, you know, that's one thing, Machado slash Harper, we're still waiting for it to happen when we should be getting excited for the season. And that's not happening. You can't get excited for the season yet because you don't know where these guys are going to go. That's my take. You know what my take is, Justin? If you're the Yankees, pay attention. Sign one of those two, please. That's it. Give, me, give us some stability for one of those guys. Let them get the money. Let them come to New York. And that's it. I mean, they are over. They are over the limit in terms of the payroll and the the tax. And, and who cares at this point? Who cares? But they're only slightly over, and and there's uh and there's levels to that, so they could go into the like Red Sox just won the World Series for crying out loud. Make a statement. Yeah, I mean, uh, right now, can you know? You obviously can say like I've just said a million times. I feel like this episode, and I you have to preface this, I guess, so you don't seem like a hater. The Yankees are much better than they were last year. But are they clear-cut favorites? Absolutely not. And Justin, weren't you the one that said, "Want to clear the clear the tax cap, clear all of that for this offseason? You you Just would, sign one of these guys. You would think that would be the plan, right? Because twenty, like you know, mm-hmm. the Yankees have had this offseason circled for years. The one of these generational players is out there. And the fact that they've already gotten have so they've gotten so much better already. 2019 is the go time year. This is go time. Make yourselves the clear cut favorite again. Don't give yourselves the reason to look back onto 2019 and say, oh shit, maybe if we did this, maybe if we just made this one more move, obviously it's gonna it would be a huge move and it would be a huge contract. Oh, but maybe if we did this one other thing. 
And if we just worked it out with Machado, if we just worked it out with Harper, maybe that would have been the difference. You know what that reminds me of? When the Yankees signed Tex in 09. They didn't need to share at the time, too. And they're like, yeah, let's put share on there just because we can. Just we feel like. I mean, it's, it's, it's a different... It's a different time. It's you know with and it's a different system with the analytics. It's it's a it's a differently run Yankees. That's just what it is. Um, and you you tell me Machado can't be on this team right now. I mean, if Machado's on the team, then you know I I also think that you kind of have to think long term here a little bit too. Dd's contract is that is as up at the end of next year. Aaron Hicks's contract is as up at the end of next year. Aaron Judge eventually is going to be a free agent. Luis Severino, I, I don't know, and I'm not, and I'm not saying that that's what the Yankees are thinking, but they obviously have a much bigger plan. But you know, 2019 has been the calendar year that has been circled, and the expectation was that one of these guys would be on the team. and And this isn't just for the Yankees. I'm not calling out the Yankees that they right. haven't signed. I'm not saying that I'm frustrated that they haven't, but I'm just right, saying right, the right, fact right. that. Where the direction at which this sport is headed compared to other sports that try to market their off seasons just as much as they try to market their regular seasons, it's this is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous that fans have to sit here and they have no conversation. They can't virtually, you know, it's not even fair to these players. So, uh, you know, I, I at the, all right. So at this point, I think we're. We're going. We're going round and round here. Do you have any? Do you have any kind of kind of final thoughts on this conversation before we wrap it up? I'm good. You're good. All right. Any kind of any kind of final thoughts at all until we uh until we either have a breaking news uh, podcast or we just we'll see you next week and we'll see you next week and we'll see you next Monday. Any kind of final thoughts? My final thought is like like I told you about the Adam Malvina move. I'm I'm excited. I'm ready to go for 2019. I'm ready. You're ready. I'm ready. Unfortunately, baseball is nowhere near ready to go for 2019 yet. <laughs> you might be ready. A lot of other fans might be ready. But unfortunately, yeah. where honestly, the optimism for the baseball season to start should be there. But the fact that there are so many other kinks to left to be played out, it's unfortunate, but it's just the it's just the place where we are at. Um that's what I have to say about that. So, everybody, keep on bleeding blue. Have a great week. There will be a Giants episode that will be released on Wednesday. Leave a five-star review on iTunes if you liked me rambling on and on and on about how baseball is a mess. And I probably didn't do the best of jobs, but oh well. Have a good week. See ya. Sayonara. That's baseball, Susan.